0: a canoe and tyler too brian wilson brian wilson actually my biggest influence was (laughs) john tyler in pet sounds bomb nah it's not a bomb here give it to me i'll figure this out he tried to to negotiate a settlement but he needed cash now
1: Hey, welcome to the Presidential Podcast, where we go from one to forty-five in under ninety, and discuss the life, legacy, and little-known facts about every American president. I'm your host Ryan Alward, joined as always by my friends Blaine Zimmerman and
2: Russ Slivka.
1: Russ, you sound like a like a TSA agent who hasn't had his break all day. They don't get breaks. Do the do the NACA breaks? No way. I think government in place. Oh, yeah. Okay. Well, welcome. We're so excited you're here. Guys, how excited are you to dive into the life of John Tyler tonight?
0: Excited isn't the word. <laughs> tell me Tell me how you feel. You'll see. Okay. Okay. <laughs>
1: Blaine, besides choosing the presidential biographies that we read for the show, and we should say the name of the show, Presequential, because we go sequentially through the presidents, uh, you also name the episodes. What are we calling tonight's uh, episode? Episode 10 on John Tyler. The Accident. Oh, my. That's
0: that's aggressive. Well, uh, <laughs> yes. so today, for today's episode, we read President Without a Party, hmm. The Life of John Tyler. It was written by Christopher J. Leahy, L-E-A-H-Y. Okay. Uh, It's actually a new book. It's from 2020. Yeah. And it rings in at 415 pages. One thing I do want to point out is I can't remember any of the books that we've read that the author doesn't either A, include their middle initial or B, use their first initial and then middle name.
1: I feel like the scene in Billy Madison where Billy gets up and talks about the little puppy and how the puppy is the economy. And I'm like, I felt like after that
0: saying, I award you no points and may God have mercy on I mean, yourself. It's just, just, it's interesting to me. They all use their middle initial. Like how that's often true. do you see that in everyday life? Yeah. If yeah. you write a, pre- okay, so for all the children listening, when you grow up and you write a presidential biography, don't forget to use your middle initial. Yeah, that's right. You have to.
1: Are running... Page tally, guys, is now over 5,000 pages that we've read. 5,058.
0: And we're a quarter of the way
2: through. <laughs>
1: hey, every episode of the Presequential Podcast, we also enjoy a drink while we're recording in honor of the uh, the episode's president. And tonight, Russ, you
0: picked up uh, the, the booze tonight.
1: What are we sipping on?
2: Lone Star Beer.
0: Lone Star. The national beer of Texas
2: since 1884
0: who was president in 1884 who's that Grover Cleveland was he now mm-hmm. well okay. no he was elected in 84 so it would have still been um oh my god uh, would have still been Arthur Arthur okay yeah. and we're I don't know choosing... why that it's okay <laughs> yeah so Cleveland elected in 84. But didn't take over till March 4th, 1885.
1: So why are we drinking a beer uh, from Texas about John Tyler? What, what, what inspired this?
0: Well, one of the things he did, potentially the only thing he did, mm. was annex Texas. Yes. And in the 25th hour. There you go. The 11th hour, whatever you want to say. Cheers, boys. Yeah.
1: To John Tyler and the Presequential Podcast. And Cheers to you wherever you are. Hopefully you're not in the car drinking. We don't want you to do that. Correct. But guys, what do you remember about John Tyler from Social Studies?
0: Uh Go back
1: way back when. What do you remember
0: about him? You can't trust anybody with two first names. Hmm.
1: They taught that's you that okay. in social studies? <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. They didn't teach you that in social
2: studies. Wow, wow.
1: Yeah. No, Mr. Hobegger did not teach me <laughs> that in tenth grade. Russ, what about you?
2: Tippecanoe and Tyler too. Yeah, yeah he's that's
1: oh, that's the easiest. He's the rhyming end to a catchy campaign slogan. Mm-hmm. Yeah besides that pretty much nothing yeah yeah so John Tyler number 10
0: I mean he really set himself apart by you know being a Virginian yeah being a lawyer and all these other things that no other president had done (laughs) it's like I can do that too
1: Let's dive in. Ready? John Tyler was born on March ninth, 1790 in Charles City County, Virginia. Now, his family, the Tylers, were slaveholders who operated a large tobacco, corn, and wheat plantation and raised thoroughbred horses.
2: He
0: was a sixth-generation Tyler, a family which is known as one of the FFVs, mm-hmm. the first families of Virginia. Wow, they have that, huh? They had it. The FFEs. Mm-hmm. All right. I wonder if they still long have... Long
1: lineage. Yeah, We'll talk about lineage. that. <laughs> <laughs> Foreshadowing. <laughs> Tyler's dad, John Tyler Sr., was a supporter of the revolution and a friend of fellow Virginian Thomas Jefferson. He was a powerful anti-federalist. Roommate. Was
0: he a roommate? Roommate of Thomas Jefferson. At William and Mary. Mary. Wow. Yeah. He was actually such a... Uh, William and Mary Stan. Mm. uh, And he was a huge fan of John Henry. Yeah, the tribe. (laughs) You you remember. Good job. He was a huge fan of John Henry, so much so that he named a son and daughter after him. Wow. Wait, did you say John Henry or John Tyler? John Henry. John Tyler Sr. Yes. Was a fan of John Henry, and he liked him so much. Who's John Henry? John Henry. He was a famous... You mean Patrick Henry? john henry
1: i feel like you might be oh you're checking your phone look it up yeah all right you keep looking up up, uh, john henry i'm gonna keep talking about john tyler senior uh he was a powerful anti-federalist a judge in virginia's general court and later became governor of virginia now john tyler's mom mary armistead died when little john was only seven years old John had five sisters and two brothers. He entered the College of William and Mary Preparatory School at the age of 12 and continued it until graduation in 1807. He was a really good student, excelling in economics, and after graduation, he studied law with his father and then with Edmund Randolph, the first U.S. Attorney General. John served in the Virginia legislature from 1811 to 1816 and was a member of the U.S. House of Representatives from 1817 to 1821. He was elected to Congress as a Democratic Republican, the party founded in the early 1790s around his birth by Thomas Jefferson and James Madison. Tyler favored states' rights and a strict adherence to the Constitution, and he opposed policies granting additional power to the federal government. He actually opposed the Missouri Compromise. If you want to learn more about that, uh, just go Google that. Because he believed that any restriction on the practice of enslavement set by the federal government was illegal. He resigned in 1821 and went back to the Virginia House of Delegates where he served from 1823 to 25. He was later governor of Virginia from 1825 to 27. And in this role, he delivered the state's official eulogy for Thomas Jefferson, who died on July 4th, 1826, the 50th anniversary of the signing of the Declaration of Independence. Blaine, if people want to hear more about that amazing story about the 50th anniversary of the signing, because John Adams also died on that day, where could they go to learn more about John Adams or uh,
0: Tommy Jay? Well, we talked about it on episodes two, three, and four, and probably
1: five. Maybe six with John Quincy, because he was John
0: Adams' son, and he was there when... Basically, like, if you're jumping in on this one, wow, and (laughs) go back and listen to previous episodes. Yes. Like, I'd get it if we had people that do one-off presidents, (laughs) like... Washington Lincoln yeah, sure. FDR but like if you're jumping in at John Tyler oh, like you you must be his great-grandson. And thank you for choosing ours to be the ninth podcast about
1: him that <laughs> yeah. you chose. Uh, Tyler was elected to the US Senate in 1827 and actually within 5 years became an opponent of seventh president Andrew Jackson's policies. He resigned his Senate seat in 1836 and switched parties becoming a Whig.
0: Okay. A couple things to unpack here. I can't find the John Henry passage. I didn't write the page number. <clears throat> Could have written it down wrong. I'm pretty sure it was John Henry. It's okay. Although John Henry does not appear in the index of this book. I think you guys might have just made this character up. But I. It would have been such a weird thing for me to write down. <laughs> like I'll trust you, and, I, and I'm pretty sure he had a sister named Henrietta. So it makes sense huh. that he had... That Because I wrote I down, he named a son and, in all caps, daughter after him. Wow. <laughs> I think it was one of the uh law professors okay. at William & Mary. Oh. I don't think he was like this huge political figure. Wait. Wait, wait Oh, wait. no, folklore. Oh, John Henry folklore. Okay. Go ahead, Russ. No, no, that can't be the same guy. Is that the same John it Henry? Can't be the same guy.
2: I don't think it was the same guy. He was a steel-driving man.
1: <laughs> Nothing. I love that you dropped the G on driving.
0: Well, it also it says he's was an African American and I can't imagine knowing what we know about the Tyler family. Oh, yeah. They, that he would have named his children after him. That's valid. Yeah. I, th- I think it was a professor that he really, if okay. I remember, now it's kind of coming back to me. Yeah. He enjoyed going to his lectures, and he would go out of his way to go to them, even if they weren't part of his class. And he Got was it. so impressed that, either way. Okay, so you said a couple things I wanted to address. Please, uh, We're once again rapidly moving through, through I, things.
1: I know. He's a single-termer, <laughs> but he's actually a man of many firsts, believe oh boy. it or not.
0: We'll get to that, though. Go ahead. So he passed the bar in 1809. And he was two years too young to actually receive a license for lawyering. Hmm. However, nobody on the Virginia House like bothered to look at his application and his name and his birth date, so they just gave him one. Wow. You know like he passed it. It's fine. it's fine. He always aspired to be a politician. He had the role in the Virginia State Legislature. Yeah. He always thought that being a politician was harder than getting the seat itself, wow. which I don't know that I agree with. Being the politician is harder than getting the seat. Yeah. Hmm. Ma- I mean, maybe that's today's brain
1: thinking yeah, about it. Yeah, could be. Us looking through the lens
0: of yeah. however many years beyond John Tyler. Like maybe these guys worked. When they were politicians, um, that was such a well-executed dig. <laughs> so he was an ardent, air quotes, state rights yeah person, which meant super pro-slavery. Yeah, he yeah. Pur-
1: you wanted the state to have the right to own other yeah. humans.
0: He purposefully didn't run for that reelection. From a political standpoint, he saw that political retirement Hmm. as something that would help him in the future because he wanted to be on the national level and basically would do anything it took to get there. So while some historians make it look like, oh, look at what he did. Like, I thought this book did a really good job of being like, no, he understood what he was doing when he retired from politics yeah he wanted to make it look like he was taking a step down and he was disinterested more like the republicanism of the politicians of his days before because we've talked about on previous episodes you didn't want to be seen as wanting a seat
1: yeah if it was bestowed upon you yeah, you would be willing to take it. I think it was like you would take your your inner circle of cronies and buddies and say, hey, put it out there that I'm interested, but it's not coming from me. Yeah. Yeah. You responded. You you sat up in your seat a little bit when I said that he resigned and switched parties, becoming a Whig. Oh, um, he you, didn't. Go ahead. Let's unpack this a little bit, because from the instant that you read this book and chose it for us to to read. You had very strong thoughts on John Tyler, which I can't wait to see amplify throughout this episode, but
0: let's unpack. I mean, what are, who were the Whigs if people have no idea who they were? It was a new off, so we had the Federalists and the Anti-Federalists and the Whigs shot up as a new, like third party, Mm -hmm. which as we learned in the last episode was how William Henry Harrison was elected. I don't think he ever actually said, I'm a Whig. Mm-hmm. That's that's why I kind of shut up because I yeah. I remember in the book it talking quite a bit about that the the Whigs never really did their research <laughs> on who they were selecting for vice president yeah. so we can talk about it here in a little bit but I don't think that he ever formally said he was a Whig I think he just kind of took on the moniker stumbled when, into the yeah, room when, when he they became were
1: voting. yeah
0: what's going on here well we need a vice president we'll talk about it when we get to yeah. that Tippecanoe and Tyler two race
1: yes. Well, soon after, he may or may not have officially became a Whig. He was tapped as the running mate of the Whig candidate, William Henry Harrison, in 1840, a good year. The legendary Log Cabin and Hard Cider campaign was fairly free of issues, and Tyler's name was featured in the legendary campaign slogan that producer Russ mentioned earlier, that that's what he remembers about John Tyler,
0: Tippecanoe, and Tyler, too. Do you remember what choice he was for the vice presidency
1: he was down there on the list was he not i mean he was like sixth or
0: seventh ninth. i feel ninth he was Ugh. ninth oh so they asked eight other people oh, and God. basically everybody they asked were like i don't want to be the vice president yeah because at that like, point for i mean largely
1: for 50 some odd years the vice presidency was oh gosh i get to be the president of the senate uh you know i i, I came in second in the race
0: yeah well that i mean at well this that point, was way better early. than yeah
1: yeah I mean, it was not the vice presidency of today.
0: He was ninth? I didn't realize he was he ninth. He was ninth. And it was one of those where they were like, well, what about this John Tyler guy? Should we ask him? And he was like, yes. Yes. And they were like, we we haven't asked yet. And he was like, <laughs> yes, I accept. I accept it? Yeah. And But they never looked into like what his policy was. Because yeah. he, he was originally anti-Jackson. Yes. And, uh, like, helped John Quincy become elected, but then immediately regretted it and became a Jacksonian, Mm -hmm. which we'll get to because, like, he ends up going back to that well quite a bit for advice and things like that. Yep. Like, Jackson was pretty far on the other side of policy than the Whigs were. Yeah,
1: Jackson, the founder of the Democrat Party, largely... Um, gosh, what year was that where the, the corrupt bargain was at? 1824. 18- then he sets out to make these next four years of his life to take down John Quincy Adams, gets into power. He's the people's president, Martin Van Buren shortly after him, and then William Henry Harrison, then John Tyler.
0: But then when Jackson was president, he flip-flops again. Tyler, he is yes. in Tyler, flip-flops again Correct. and starts rejecting his nominations. Yeah. It was... <laughs> He was a weird, like, back-and-forth politician. Yeah. yeah, there's a theme throughout
1: not just his presidency, but really his entire life of politics, where he is confounding people of, well, dude, where do you stand? And he's you, like,
0: where do I need to?
1: Where, ah, <laughs> there it is. <laughs> Show me
2: where. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Show me where I need to stand, and I'll stand there. Do you guys want to dive into the William Henry Harrison election in 1840? I feel like we've
0: got some other stuff we can cover. Well, let's go. Did we talk about his wife, Letitia? Uh, We didn't talk about Letitia, but... One of the probably first unique president-wife names, because up till now, it was like Mary, Emily... Abigail. Yeah. Yeah. Letitia. (laughs) um, Nine kids. Yeah. Nine kids. Uh, She was in poor health. She Which was. I put in my notes, likely due to having nine kids my and an goodness. absent husband.
1: Yeah, she, they were married for almost 30 years, a year shy of 30 years. I had that they had eight children, but I think you're right. They had, a, I think, a ninth that might not have survived. Which is common. Infancy. Yeah, it's very yeah. common.
0: He also, as he was coming up, Virginia governor mm-hmm. in the Virginia Congress. That's dark. our uh, show dog, Dirk, uh, <laughs> heaving all 150 pounds of his girth. <laughs> he gets bigger every episode. So he's large. He was really against tariff laws because he understood, as did most of the South, that if the federal government could force them to pay tariffs, that just opens the door to ending slavery. Mm. As we said earlier, very pro states rights wink wink Mm -hmm. so (laughs) yeah so he was against national tariff laws so yeah like i think that covers everything and and the tariffs she
1: actually died she became the first president's wife to pass away while her husband was in the white house oh
0: we're not there yet i know we're not but i'm just he did sell one of his slaves to pay his way to washington wow when he was a congressman wow yeah, because he was super. He was another yeah. land, land rich, rich cash, cash poor. poor. Mm-hmm. Oh, we should say that together again. <laughs> Jinx. <laughs> That's one's good. <laughs> it baffles me that up to this point, we're about to start running for the presidency and yep. vice presidency. Yeah. And no one's really done their research on the guy they said was going to be vice president. Yeah. Because, like, if they had, and obviously they've never run into a situation like with what happened mm-hmm. foreshadowing, they would have said. Is this the guy we want? Yeah. Like, do do we even know that he believes the things we believe? That's kind of on the Whigs, is it not? I mean, oh, that's, 100%. That's, that's like, on them. I mean, how many of you voted for Whig in the last election? You didn't, because they screwed up so bad. They only existed for like two presidential cycles.
1: Lincoln was a Whig. Lincoln was a Whig. Oh, okay. and early as, a in his yeah, as a senator. Yeah, as a senator. Yeah, because they were gone by yeah. the time he was president. Why did, why did they have the age to wig well, i mean why what, what is a wig what was that like a colloquial term back in the day producer russ can you look that up what's the derivation <laughs> behind behind a wig of course would love to <laughs> please do that <laughs> all right so let's tip
0: a canoe and tyler, and tyler
1: too, too. Tippecanoe is, of course, the name of the battle that uh, William Henry Harrison fought and won. If you want to learn more about that, you can go to Episode 9 of the Presequential Podcast called The Frontiersman? The Hoosier. The Hoosier, that's right. What was The Frontiersman? That was Jackson?
0: Jackson. Yeah, The Hoosier. Blaine, you come up with really good names for these. Thank you. One of these times I'm going to get it wrong. Uh, <laughs> would you put me on the spot?
1: Yeah. Uh, Tippecanoe and Tyler, too. Probably. I mean, maybe the most... Famous or infamous? To, if you throw "Make America Great" in there uh, about the the Twice. campaign slogans of yesteryear. I mean, it's a good it's a good slogan. You got the alliteration, and you get John Tyler too. I love that they had to add the exclamation point to kind of make him like, "Yeah, you get him
0: too." And people are like, eh. <laughs> <laughs> "Well, nobody knew." Yeah, <laughs> like, who's I that? Mean, the Whigs didn't even know. Yeah. Well, they were like, "Tip a canoe and." Tyler yeah, yeah, we get him yeah, too, but... It was probably some guy in a meeting that's like, what about Tippecanoe and Tyler, too? And there, some guy's like, actually, we could probably put a spin on that. <laughs> John
1: Tyler was the guy who proposed it. <laughs> like, you could throw my name in. It starts with a T as well.
0: Oh, John Tyler, sit down. Yeah, what do you want to talk about, Tippecanoe and Tyler, too? That we haven't already discussed. It it worked. That was That's a hard question. I feel like we've already covered most yeah. of it. He wasn't a wig, he said he was. Uh, they brought him in so they could have a sweet campaign slogan, mm. they won based he... on what... It was the uh, the back porch or front porch, hard apple cider. Yeah, log cabin and
1: hard yeah. cider.
0: Yeah, They're just like you. They're was not he... super rich men from Virginia. <laughs> no. Just like you. Look, he's got his sleeves rolled up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I admire him. He drinks hard cider. People. I drink hard cider, <laughs> <Yeah>. too. <laughs> it rhymes. I like rhyming.
1: Was John Tyler kind of like Tom Cruise in Eyes Wide Shut that he knew the right thing to what? say to get into the room? What? He knew the right thing to say to get into the party. Oh. No. No he wasn't. Was not. Okay. <laughs> but when you were saying he was not a wig but he kind of he was. I was like, "Oh, he kind of pulled one on him like." And that was the first uh and that thing. was the
0: only thing that came to your... <laughs>
2: uh,
1: Stanley Kubrick, one of John Tyler's children, actually. I'd say he
0: more pulled, like, oh boy, he pulled the old Kansas City Shuffle on him. What's Got him Kansas looking City? one way and went oh, the other. That's a sports reference. I, was, I It's I was, from uh, a movie, actually. a
1: singer, Blaine. I don't really know many sports references. I'm
0: trying to remember what movie it's from now. The Kansas like City Shuffle? Bruce Willis is in it. Is it Lucky Number Slevin? Oh, that it sounds might like be. a
1: horrible movie.
0: I saw it in college, so probably.
1: I love that you were looking at
0: Russ, and he's just. Well, like... he's
2: the one that would know. <laughs> he's... It might be Hudson Hawk. Oh. There's
0: a whole movie based on. It's like a heist movie, okay. and then the whole like twist of it. You know, spoiler alert uh, of this movie that I can't remember. The no name one's of gonna watch this movie. Is the Kansas City Shuffle, and okay. they got them all looking one way, and they oh. went the other. Bruce Willis is in it. The old fumble rusky. Yeah.
1: Uh, Producer Russ, do you have any background of the derivation the derivation of wig?
2: I do. Please. The term wig was originally short for wigamore. Oh, oh my. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> A term meaning cattle driver. Oh, okay. Speaking of the Kansas City Shovel. Used to describe Western Scots who came to Leith for corn.
0: That makes sense. Yeah. These two okay. rich Virginians definitely fit that mold. A Wigamore? Yeah.
2: Wigamore. Wow.
1: Wow, a Wigamore. I feel like that's one of the houses in Harry Potter that no one gets in except John Tyler. The yeah. Wigamore. Gosh, the reverse buckle list. That's extremely underwhelming. Thank you though, Russ. I really appreciate you going to the internet and finding that out. Gosh. Like Tippecanoe and yeah. Tyler too. Oh yeah, we were talking about that.
0: Did they work? It did it work out for them?
1: <laughs> it did. They won. They beat Martin Van Buren in a landslide.
0: Van Buren didn't even campaign. No, Van Buren did not campaign. He, he didn't. was like, "Look, they they get it."
1: Yeah. <laughs> Van Buren knew that he could just stay and and sit on his gold toilet, which oh. is a fact. But yeah, they wanted a landslide. So suddenly, William Henry Harrison uh, is President John Tyler, the ninth selection by the Whig Party, not even making sure that he is a member of their party, is vice president, and uh, and things change. Well, hey, on that note, we're going to refresh our Lone Star beers in honor of John Tyler and let you hear from one of our fantastic sponsors before we dive into Tyler's presidency. You are listening to episode 10, The Accident of the Presquential Podcast. We'll be right back. Whether you're just starting out, well on your way to living your dream, or eagerly approaching retirement, make sure you're financially prepared to achieve a lifetime of goals. Zach Cerruti. Rob Novotny and their team at Northwestern Mutual can help you reach them with a personalized financial plan. They apply time-tested strategies, providing education and expert advice to help you make decisions based on your priorities. As your circumstances and priorities change over time, they will work with you to revise your plan so you can meet each of life's challenges head-on and celebrate your accomplishments along the way. Zach and Rob and their team at Northwestern Mutual will be able to unpack ideas that can leave you and your family well-planned. To learn more, visit the link in our show notes or email Rob at robert.novotny at nm.com. That's robert.novotney at nm.com. Hey, welcome back. So William Henry Harrison and John Tyler are elected president and vice president of the United States. Well, Harrison, who you can listen to more about in episode 9, catches a cold to say the least at his inauguration dies within about 37 days of being in office vice president john tyler back home in virginia and unaware of how serious the president's illness
0: is is suddenly informed that the president is dead yeah so he didn't think he was gonna have to do anything as the vice president he was like i'm just gonna go back to virginia yeah. and keep practicing law and make a bunch of money but i think I think that when he gets the call, it's probably a good time to bring in our vice presidential expert because, uh, Russ, you just got promoted. Your first vice president has become president, not trying to become president. <laughs> Correct. I mean, obviously, before, we've had vice presidents become president, but through more official means. So, uh, did anyone know what to do?
2: No, this was the first time that a president had died in office after 31 days.
0: (gasps) Clutch your pearls.
2: Yeah. How dare he?
0: (laughs) Tyler's just back in his house in Virginia playing his theremin. (laughs) (laughs) I
1: got a theremin. (laughs) just brian wilson brian wilson actually my biggest influence was (laughs) john tyler in pet sounds okay go on um
2: he he was actually home visiting family and april 4th i believe daniel webster's son fletcher sounds about right yeah sure came by by the house called upon him to tell him that William Henry Harrison had died, and on April 6, he showed up in Washington ready to become president.
0: Mm-hmm. And, and up to this point, we don't have anything telling us what to do, right? Well,
2: there's really no precedent. Article 2, Section 1, Clause 6 of the constitution
1: i've got it what it says if you're looking for it if you want me to read it
2: that would be great Ryan. it
1: says in case of removal of the president from office or of his death or inability to discharge the powers and duties
0: of said office the same shall devolve on the vice president so the question at this point becomes Mm -hmm. does tyler become president Mm -hmm. or does he Assume the duties and responsibilities while we figure out who should be the president. Yes, is he an
1: acting president or is he actually the president?
0: And so what did he do?
2: He walked into Washington and basically took the role of president. So instead of being acting president, taking on the role of vice president, but all the duties of the president, he went to Congress and said, I am going to become the acting president. Basically said it, didn't ask, just setting uh, what they call the Tyler precedent moving forward. So what we know today as if the president dies, the vice president immediately gets sworn into office mm-hmm. and a vice president is then elected
0: and if i remember right there was like a judge that got him to take the oath of office in like the middle of the night and he yeah. was like no no no! Mm-hmm. you need to do this believe me
1: yeah he he was
0: the one who made that call what was the judge's name i don't know yes i really don't someone know. is in their car like it was such <laughs> a great That's grandfather. Probably my favorite part about this journey so far is all of the things we've gotten wrong yeah. and made people yeah.
1: very angry. Yeah, we about read it. one book. We're not trying to be experts on this. Uh, I've got quiz time for both of you. Okay. Quiz time. You ready for this? Can you name the seven vice presidents who became president under the Tyler precedent?
0: Okay. Tyler. Okay. Got one. Nice. <laughs> there you go. All right. Yeah. Johnson. Okay. Have I, have I missed one yet? Uh, you have. Okay, so let me think about the well. I'll, okay, Tyler Johnson, Arthur yes. McKinley. No, sorry, Roosevelt. Yes, seven, 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 seven. You want the others? No. Okay, I want a hint. Okay, the give year,
1: year. eighteen fifty. He was a general
0: who died. So Zachary Taylor died, yes. and oh my Buffalo. gosh! Oh, Millard Fillmore Millard became Fillmore. His president. Yep. Yes, you'll have to give me Calvin Coolidge. Following the death of Warren Harding, basically. (laughs) Harry Truman, following
1: the death of FDR in 1945. And a very famous photo of LBJ, Lyndon
0: Baines Johnson, following the assassination of Kennedy in 1963. I've been in that plane. Have you? Yeah, so that plane is on display in the Air Force Museum at Wright-Patterson Air Force Base in, in Ohio. Dayton, Ohio. Oh, yeah. man, that's cool. So you cool. can actually like walk through the plane. Everything's plexiglassed off yeah. and stand like right next to where he wow. took the oath of office. Yeah, so they we didn't put a law into place yeah. until 1967. Yeah,
1: uh, a hundred some odd years after the fact where
0: in the- I'm disappointed I missed Millard Fillmore. Yeah, the, okay. the 20th century ones, I haven't read that far yet. That's okay.
1: It was 126- 126... 126 years later, the 25th Amendment, which is somewhat timely. I mean, we're recording this right now in January, mere days before the inauguration of (laughs) Joe Biden, you know, of just this conversation where the 25th Amendment
0: comes up. You know, what's Uh, funny is I wish you would have said that because... What's the day of release for this episode? Uh, This one is coming out May.
1: June? I think it's 14 days prior to June 9th. So, whatever that date (laughs) is. Yeah, so May. Yeah, late May. Who knows
0: what's happening between (laughs) now (laughs) and May?
1: But you know what? We're having a good time <laughs> yeah, talking about yeah. John Tyler. Good job on that quiz, boys. Uh cheers to you all, uh wherever you're listening. You are listening to the Presequential podcast. I mean, I where we Was it from, a good job? Yeah, was it was. I a, feel like a I sufficient. got more
0: than normal people, but <laughs> I feel was, like I also should have known more. You should have. Yeah. I'm being as that we're sitting behind microphones (laughs) pretending to know things.
1: In your your defense, I'm the only one with my laptop open. You've got chicken scratch scrawlings on your your field notes notebook. And in (laughs) your
2: defense, I'm the vice presidential expert. That's right. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you,
0: Russ. He said taking a swig of his beer. So he refused to answer letters addressed to acting president, or vice president? Yeah, he would send them life. back. Yep. Yeah, I love that about. Which it. is like real similar. It's like the one thing he had in common with Washington when he wouldn't reply to the letter with the etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. Was that
1: the uh, the How brothers uh, yeah. demanding his yeah. surrender or whatever? He was he like, and how? It was Esquire, right? Yeah, He, yeah. Yeah, he was private citizen versus a general. Uh, let's get into his presidency. I mean, he he basically. Or Russ, do you have anything else about uh, John Tyler as vice president? Anything around there
0: outside of? Having a time machine to play a theremin.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Uh, (laughs) No, you were right. There was quite a few people that were upset that he... Quincy was one of them. John Quincy Adams was really upset. Nicknamed him his accidency.
1: So John Quincy Adams came up with that? Correct. The irony of this, do you remember what John Quincy Adams' dad, John Adams, was called? His rotundity. (laughs)
0: Yes. (laughs)
1: I love nicknames that come around where he's like wait a second where have I heard this let's call him his something yeah Oh, his, yes. he's like what
0: do they call daddy dad what do they call you and he was
1: like <laughs> the smartest oh, that's man right. alive he was
0: <laughs> no Quincy was the smartest man that's alive that's right he was alright so um, he
1: be- he becomes president he's officially sworn in on April 6, 1841 so
0: he does establish the precedent of the dead president well by the way thank you Russ um, thank you so he establishes the precedent of the president, the deceased president laying in state in the East Room of the White House. Yes, yes. Which is still others. something uh-huh. I, I don't want to say we do to this day. Who knows? Yeah. But that we've done up till now.
1: Six of the seven other presidents who've died in office have also rested in the East Room. As
0: That's well right. as some wives, correct? I
1: wouldn't be surprised if they had. It's a large, at the point, and I think still now maybe, it's the biggest room in the White House at that time. So it sort of makes sense where if you're going to have a lot of people coming through.
0: So as we get into this, it's important to note he was really determined to like make a mark and not just be like this lame duck, not voted in. Maybe you could argue that he wasn't as successful at it as someone like Teddy Roosevelt.
1: Right. Oh, man. Talk about comparing apples and oranges. Good night. He he became the youngest person to that date ever to hold the office as president. I was surprised at how many yeah, firsts. Yeah, how many first John Tyler had for being as largely forgettable
0: as he is. I mean... Now that I know what I know about him, yeah. I'll never forget him. Mm. He's yeah, he's towards down. the bottom. He's for down me. there for you. Um, he also didn't have a vice president because no provisions had been made in the Constitution for one. So that is more than likely the last you'll hear of Russ today. <laughs> a couple fun things while he was in the White House: Go ahead. a tornado touchdown. Oh wait, what? Uh, April eleventh, eighteen forty four. Okay, you're I'm zooming deep. ahead a little bit, but like a tornado. Yeah. yeah Either okay. way. That's wild. Like yeah, Washington, D.C. then is not what Washington, D.C. now is. Correct. There were considerably less National Guardsmen, and there were less buildings, and it was less of a city. <laughs> than, remember, we're recording in January. <laughs> yeah. It was less of a city. So uh, most yeah. people, well, at least if you're in the Midwest, you know yeah. that the tornadoes don't happen in the city. They happen in the country. Like, right. It was basically like the Capitol building the white house which was only called the executive mansion at At that that point point. yeah i mean we didn't even have the washington monument done yet i think
1: yeah i'm currently when we're recording this right now reading the lincoln book so we read the books at different times that we record the podcast and i think around that time the the washington monument was being built but it was also like a a corral for farm animals or
0: something yeah Yeah. Mm -hmm. so yeah it it wasn't completed until arthur okay oh i didn't know that yeah it took Mm. a while kind of dancing around here and that's what sure. we like to do here on the press sorry no it's okay we'll- he also received a package once that uh they all thought was a bomb i do remember this from the book and his doorman just grabbed it and started chopping it up with the knife <laughs> it's like now nah, i got this I'll figure this out uh, amazon's
2: here What's just amazon
0: yeah it turned turned out it was just a small stove that uh probably didn't work anymore I like I like the hubris of this guy. He's like bomb. Nah, it's not a bomb. Here, give it to me. I'll figure this out. Note to self: form bomb squad in and future. That man's great great grandson
1: yes. was. Uh, I don't know some man named Barry who's going to email us and say, "No, I heard your story about my great grandfather. Uh, who was
0: it? Bruce Willis Oh Die Hard? Wow, that's where he got Gosh. it from. I didn't know that." No, I'm kidding. That part's not true. Can we get back to John Tyler? Well,
1: I guess we were on him until you brought up.
0: uh, I mean, that was all about
1: John Tyler. By the way, if you haven't seen the movie Sixth Sense starring Bruce Willis, he's dead the whole time. (laughs) (laughs) So how about that bank bill? Yeah, so he immediately, Tyler, immediately meets resistance from the cabinet that he inherited from Harrison. When a bill reauthorizing a new national bank came to his desk, he vetoed it, even though his party was for it, and his cabinet asked him to allow it to pass. When he vetoed a second bill without the cabinet support, every member of the cabinet resigned except his secretary of state, Daniel Webster. So after this point, he has to operate as president without a party behind him at all. Yes, and
0: they kicked him out of the party. (laughs) which is hence the name of the book yeah, president without, a party. president without a party. They formally kicked the sitting president <laughs> out of their party.
1: We no longer claim you. Yeah. Well, he was also the first president to be the subject of a serious impeachment attempt. In 1842, former president and House representative at that time, John Quincy Adams, led a committee that found Tyler had improperly used his veto power. The House later turned down a resolution of impeachment, though. You mentioned his wife, Letitia. Well, shortly after he becomes president on September 10th, 1842. She has a series of uh, debilitating strokes and dies. Tyler's daughter-in-law, Priscilla, assumed many of the functions of White House hostess with advice from former First
0: Lady and Washington socialite, Dolly Madison. He also like immediately started dating someone while yes. she's still in yeah. state in the east room because she was in state in the east room too. Correct? I wouldn't. I wouldn't put him past. I,
1: I no. don't think she was. No, she was buried. Um, gosh, where was she yeah, buried?
0: Buried and like where people walk by the casket are two different things. Yeah. Well, yeah. Less than two
1: later, he's basically married. Yeah, yeah, right right away. Uh, He's now 52. He becomes the first president to marry while in office when he married Julia Gardner, a wealthy New Yorker and Washington Bell with a spectacular hourglass figure who was also 30 years younger than him. 30 years younger, so they so married secretly.
0: 50, she's she's twenty. She's 22.
1: Okay. Yeah. Well, they get married secretly, only telling one of Tyler's children about it in advance. Uh, his second wife, Julia, was five years younger than his oldest daughter. Think about that. Who resented Julia and the marriage for why? the rest of her life.
0: <laughs> why? Wonder why. Hey, Mom. Uh, this yeah. is a man that also ate dinner at 3.30. Did he now? Mm-hmm. Oh, like an MCL cafeteria. Yeah, he's yeah. like a real
1: blue light special guy. 3.30 dinner? 3.30. Mm-hmm. Now, dinner and lunch. I call it lunch, but I think supper. if you're old school, you call it lunch, dinner, and dinner, supper.
0: Yeah. No, he, the last meal of the day. He, he supped.
1: At 3.30. At 3.30. Yeah. Wow. Man, that's early. Did he just fast the rest of the day, or did he just go to bed at four? I don't know. Gosh, what a weirdo. Uh, There are some bright-ish sides to Tyler's largely forgotten presidency. You have to dig through a lot of muck to find them. In 1841, he signed the Preemption Act, which spurred Western settlement by allowing someone to stake a claim on 160 acres of public land and purchase it from the government. A year later, in 1842, his administration ended the Seminole War in Florida, and that same year, Tyler agreed to, and Congress ratified, the Webster-Ashburton Treaty with Great Britain which set the boundary between Maine and Canada and went all the way over to Oregon. So if you've ever crossed the border between the United States and Canada, in a way, you have John Tyler to thank.
0: Well, that treaty also—nope, that's a different one. The Quintuple Treaty allowed us to search ships for slaves that we had with Great Britain— to avoid a war because Britain was trying to get rid of yeah. slavery worldwide because they were like, actually we don't have it, and that's rough for us. So it shouldn't be anywhere. Like yeah. let's not pretend they did that because of humanity. They no. did it because they were like, economically, your people are working for free and yeah. ours aren't, and that's this right. is hard. Um so, and that's Britain. So, like, more yeah. reason to hate them. Um, wow. <laughs>
1: wow. In uh, this time. Oh, in I'm that fine time.
0: I now. Gosh, I'd like to hiring apologize. hiring our to football coaches. All of our British um, listeners. <laughs> yeah, all of them. Uh,
1: <laughs> uh, there's one other treaty that I thought you were going to bring up that was actually a positive treaty. Okay. Do you want to hear about it? Yeah. Well, today there's a lot of talk about China. Uh, and in 1844. <laughs> You guys are both rolling your eyes. Sorry. Sorry. 1844 brought the Treaty of Wanghia, which I hope I'm pronouncing correctly. Everybody, Wanghia tonight. <laughs> Stop. <laughs> According to this treaty, under John Tyler's administration, America gained the right to trade in Chinese ports. This act also ensured that Americans would not be under Chinese jurisdiction while in China. So, Tyler, John Tyler, articulated the first U.S. policy toward China in the nation's history. Which, I just figure because it's pretty topical over the past couple years.
0: Everybody Wang here tonight. tonight.
1: Can we talk about the USS Princeton tragedy? Oh, boy, can we. <laughs> Do you want to dive into it? Yeah. Let's go. This is,
0: like, by far the most interesting thing that happened you could make a movie about this oh easily yeah this is crazy it's shocking that he survived it (laughs) and survived the aftermath yes the the way home the ride home
1: On February 28, 1844, John Tyler participated in a celebratory cruise showcasing the USS Princeton, the U.S. Navy's new steam warship commanded by Robert Stockton on the Potomac River. His Secretary of State, Abel Upshur, Secretary of the Navy, Thomas Gilmer, Tyler's would-be father-in-law, David Gardner, and several others were killed or wounded when the USS Princeton's powerful Peacemaker cannon misfired and exploded During a ceremonial demonstration of firepower. They basically just said, anybody want to go on the river and blow some stuff up? Let's go shoot off some
0: guns. They wanted to show the battle effectiveness of this USS Princeton with the president in attendance. Yeah. At one point, he decided to go below deck. I'm not in the Navy. I don't know all the terms. Somebody was giving him a tour inside the boat. The ship. To to use it in layman's terms. While that was happening, they were firing off a cannon, and effectively the the cannon backfired and shot out of the side, yes. killing all of those people <laughs> that he was just standing next to. Yeah, seconds prior. Like, to. had that one guy been like, you want to come see the compass? Because, <laughs> like, I mean, I'm trying to imagine whatever the technology of the day was, but that's probably it, right? You got a like,
1: really good sextant.
0: Yeah, like... Come on down here and see that, like, we here's a hole in the top where we can find the North Star. This is, we store our crackers. (laughs) Saltines. Uh, So all those people died, (laughs) including his current father-in-law, about to be father-in-law. About to be father-in-law, yeah. Yeah. Uh, So then, after all that, he's like, whoa, rough. Yeah. Like, that was a rough day. On the way back to the White House the horses of his carriage take off yeah everybody else like jumps off the carriage he's just like riding to his death until a freed slave comes sprinting in Mm. single-handedly like jumps on the carriage single-handedly stops all the horses saving his life so the (sighs) fact that he made it past that day yeah is just a miracle Shocking. February 28th,
1: 1844, the day John Tyler nearly died twice. <laughs> yeah. My goodness. It's crazy. Well, shortly after this tragedy, Tyler appointed
0: John Calhoun. <laughs> oh, jeez. That guy's a nightmare. <laughs> well, her. There's two nightmares in this story because we skipped over the Henry Clay stuff, but that guy also oh, was yeah. not fun well, to look at.
1: Let me, let me finish this thought and then we'll dive back. Well, into no, Henry that's Clay. all I need to say about Henry oh, Clay. You just, sure? He's a nightmare to look at. Okay, yeah, don't Google John Calhoun <laughs> or Henry Clay without uh, knowing what you're in for. Yeah. Uh, well, he appoints Calhoun to replace Abel Upshur as Secretary of State. Calhoun continues the administration so you're negotiations. He wasn't
0: very able to do his oh, job. Gosh, shut up. Uh, <laughs> or was he one of the guys that died? No, Abel uh, Yeah, oh, Abel okay. Upshur. My bad. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, wait, we're getting an
1: email from uh, Abel P. Upsure the 9th at yahoo.com. Uh, Calhoun continues the administration's negotiations for the annexation of Texas.
0: Go ahead. Okay, so if we're getting into the Texas thing. Yeah, please. Robert Walker had this thing called the safety valve thesis so there was an argument back and forth going back to jackson about annexing texas so the argument was and i'm i don't remember which party was on which side effectively if we annex this giant swath of land what we're going to end up with is breaking it up into smaller states up to nine states Hmm. and now we have nine new slave states the north can't compete with that it's going to become for abolitionists it becomes a huge problem nobody (laughs) clearly had met a Texan and realized that they were like, no, it's big. It's going to stay big. It's really large. Um, takes like two days to get across. So Robert Walker has the safety valve thesis. Effectively, what it means is we would send slaves to Texas, right? Like, which would, would eliminate the slavery issue through most of the South. And then they would work and basically use up all of the soil in Texas And then when the soil was no longer workable, we would emancipate them, and they would naturally move to Mexico. And that's how he proposed we eliminate the quote-unquote slave problem. Oh, this guy? What's his name? Robert Walker. Wow. And it's called the safety valve thesis. And I may have done a poor job of explaining it, but you got the cliff notes. Yeah. Anybody with half a brain is like, that does that. Makes zero sense at all, and but at the time, people were like, "I don't know, this Walker guy may be onto yeah. something." Let him talk. Yeah, go ahead. Okay. Yeah, hmm. like they knew that that's not what would happen.
1: No, gosh, that's yeah. weird. I yeah. never heard that before. Was oh, that in the book? It's or in was the book. that? Oh, it is? yeah. Maybe I just read yeah, yeah. It in a different yeah. chapter than you did. Wow, I've never heard that before. Let's talk more about Texas though, because this gets into uh, James K. Polk coming
0: up after mm-hmm. uh, John Tyler. You're you're a Polk fan, yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, he's pretty routinely ranked relatively high, and we talked in the last episode about kind of some of the things that may have been different had William Henry Harrison not died. Correct. One of the things that he, did, I mean, he wasn't greedy when it came to Texas and California. Yeah, but I mean, all in all, like I, I like Polk.
1: Well, so John Tyler actually chooses to drop out of the next presidential race uh, when he is assured of James K. Polk's support for the annexation of Texas. Tyler says, okay, I'm going to drop out. He, he... After
0: trying to create a third party so he could run. That's right. Yeah, yeah and exactly. everybody was like, dude, you have been in like six six parties. Like, <laughs> we're not backing a new party.
1: Yeah, so he finds out Polk is going to be— Uh, approving of the annexation of Texas. So Tyler bows out. And he would become the first incumbent president not to seek re-election. On March 1st, 1845, a mere three days before leaving office, Tyler signs into law the joint resolution allowing for the annexation of Texas. Importantly, the resolution extended 36 degrees, 30 minutes as the mark dividing free and pro-slavery states through Texas. And that led directly to us drinking Lone Star beer tonight that's why we're drinking Lone Star beer cheers yeah. boys every time you say it you have to take another
2: little <laughs> sip there we go so um, I think I don't get mm-hmm. to
0: do this often but I think that before we dive into his legacy and things that happen post-presidency yeah why don't we hear from one of our great sponsors I think that's a fantastic idea Blaine hey you're
1: listening to the Presidential Podcast we'll be right back Hey guys, it's Ryan. This episode of the podcast is brought to you by Smile Brilliant. Do you grind your teeth in your sleep? If so, you're among 40 million other Americans who do. Whether it's stress, anxiety, or an abnormal bite, chronic teeth grinding will lead to worn enamel, tooth decay, sleeplessness, and expensive dental procedures. The number one teeth grinding prevention recommended by dentists is the custom-fitted night guard. However, it's costly, with the average dentist charging $200 to $300 per guard, and you'll grind through several a year. Using Smile Brilliant's Direct Process, you can get the same custom fitted night guards for as little as $45 per guard. Additionally, Smile Brilliant has custom fitted teeth whitening trays and the Cara Pro electric toothbrush. Head over to smilebrilliant.com and use Presidents at checkout for 30% off. 30%. Once again, that's smilebrilliant.com and use Presidents at checkout. Hey, we're back. On John Tyler's final day of office, as 10th president of the United States, he signs a bill making Florida the 27th state in the union. Uh, He leaves office at age 54, the youngest ex-president to that date in history. It's pretty crazy that in the last week of this man's time, as uh, whether you think he's accidental or not, president i mean he he does a lot to the geographic nature of our country makes
0: florida a state makes texas a territory that's big yeah last week geographically it's big yeah literally texas is huge don't know if you've been
1: Uh, We're drinking Lone Star tonight in honor of Texas being annexed as John Tyler was president, but he's not done yet He retires to his ancestral family plantation that he calls
0: Sherwood Forest. Yeah in Virginia after his term as president He thought that he identified so heavily with Robin Hood (laughs) Because he's a political outlaw Uh,
1: Sure. Oh gosh wood. Wow Well, (laughs) on the eve of the Civil War, he returns to national politics. He helps organize or tried to help organize a peace conference, which was held in D.C. in February of 1861. His efforts to forestall the war did not succeed, of course.
0: He became a Confederate delegate to negotiate with Buchanan. And, as you said, those negotiations failed miserably. Gosh. So what did he do? Well. Renounced his United States citizenship. Gosh. And that's like, where you lost me forever, John. Yeah, yeah.
1: third act, oof. Yeah. That's a struggle. He tried to bring in other presidents as well to pressure Lincoln into some sort of negotiated settlement with the pro-slavery states, and basically Martin Van Buren was like, this this is not good, and it he came He tried out. to negotiate a settlement, but he needed cash
0: now. <laughs> <laughs> called jg
1: wentworth <laughs> oh man yes you said he sided with the confederacy when his home state of virginia seceded and he was elected to the confederate congress in early 1862 however he died before he could take his seat so he never actually served in the confederate government but he did become a non-us citizen yeah, so... exactly see ya yeah, yeah. goodbye see you He suffered from dysentery during the last years of his life, which I don't know if I'm mad at that. Um, Already quite ill, he apparently suffered a fatal stroke on January 18th, 1862 at the age of 71. Five of Tyler's children served in the Confederacy during the U.S. Civil War, including his son, John Tyler Jr., as the Assistant Secretary
0: of War. Wouldn't he be the third? What's that? He was John Tyler Jr., wasn't he? Um, his dad was john tyler oh yeah maybe he was john tyler the third i don't know yeah
1: that's a good question well tyler had requested a simple burial before his death but confederate president jefferson davis devised a grand politically pointed funeral painting tyler as this hero to the new nation accordingly at his funeral in richmond virginia the confederate capital the coffin of the 10th president of the united states was draped With a Confederate flag, John Tyler remains the only U.S. president ever laid to rest under a flag, not of the United States. Not a fan. Not a fan. He's got a lot of firsts, but they're not all firsts to be proud of. No gosh. Uh, Tyler also holds the unusual distinction of having been the only president whose death was not memorialized by the federal government. When Tyler died, President Lincoln didn't issue a proclamation mourning his passing. Flags didn't go to half-staff on federal properties. The federal government actually did not officially
0: recognize John Tyler's death until 63 years later. Which, I mean, it would have been weird if they would have. Yeah. If they would have been like, I mean, guys, like, let's let's put this aside he's not a member of our country anymore yeah but let's memorialize. gosh it. my goodness because of all the great things he did as president
1: i think i read one of his family members perhaps his daughter raised the confederate flag over the Capitol in what? richmond i think i well, think it's in the uh-huh. book yeah even let's even.
0: talk about his family members
1: go ahead well, well c- before we do okay can i read a little bit from his obituary in the new york times shortly after he died sure okay listen to how reviled john tyler was in the north at his death quote he ended his life suddenly last friday in richmond going down to death amid the ruins of his native state he himself was one of the architects of its ruin and beneath that melancholy wreck his name will be buried instead of being inscribed on the Capitol's monumental marble as a year ago he so much desired. End quote. That's a pretty scathing obituary. Mm-hmm. Gosh. Well, John Tyler is buried in Hollywood Cemetery in Richmond, Virginia, just mere paces from the gravesite of his predecessor and fellow Virginian fifth president, James Monroe. You guys
0: ready to dive into the legacy of John Tyler? Yeah. Interesting thing just to to kick off the legacy part. Well, I guess this is a little known fact. So let's talk about his legacy first. Okay. Well. It's awful. It it is. It's basically the
1: most significant for the way it began. Sure. Um,
0: Yeah. So legacy as the first non-elected president. Yes. Legacy as in. Got Florida as a state. Yep. Annex Texas as a territory. Yes. And then that's where anything positive ends. Yeah.
1: If you've ever heard a country song or seen a Matthew McConaughey movie, or maybe you're at Texas Roadhouse right now somewhere just throwing eight pounds of peanut shells on the ground just because you can, tip your hat to John Tyler. Sure. That's right.
0: That's about it, though. He's consistently. Everyone in Tennessee is like, are you attributing country <laughs> music to Texas? Yeah, right. He's consistently labeled as forgettable
1: at best and a traitor at worst. He's ranked in the bottom five of all American presidents, according to C SPAN's Presidential Historian survey, and currently sits in the
0: 39th position. Deservedly so. Yeah, Although deserve- I would say I would put him last personally. Go ahead. However, I do understand. That him renouncing his citizenship happened after his presidency, therefore, doesn't factor into their rankings.
1: Mm. Oh, that's a good point. That's a good asterisk. Yeah. I appreciate you giving that. But basically, the Tyler precedent is his most long-lasting legacy as far as
0: the vice presidency Mm -hmm. and how that plays out today. Yeah, I mean, it had the most uh, long-standing effects. Like you said, seven vice presidents Mm -hmm. became presidents because of his quick action. Correct.
1: Yes. Ready to move on to little-known facts? Yeah. This is one of our favorite points. It is. In in every episode. Here we go. He vetoed nine bills during his term more than any previous one-term president, giving rise to the nickname Old
0: Veto." Uh, and we also said that he was mocking Because we can't Vito. come up with a nickname back then that didn't have the word old, old. to start it. <laughs> or his, like yeah. his excellency. O- old fuss and feathers. That's right. There were, uh, I'll jump in here. Go. There was some correspondence between Julia and her sister while they were married. His second wife, yeah. That, that shows that they probably... Uh, tried some early methods of birth control. Oh, did they? uh, Based on a note that she sent her sister that has said, I have not found the French secret yet. The French secret? Oh, like the art of love. Well, no, I think that there was some sort of birth control in France at the time that they had attempted, but unsuccessfully, because uh, overall, he had 15 kids. He had the most of any president
1: ever. Uh, He fathered Eight, potentially nine, uh, with his first wife, Letitia, and his second wife, Julia, bore him seven more children. The last one when Tyler was 70 years old. hmm yeah.
0: 70. And one of his children... Yes. ...was still alive less than a year ago. Grandchildren. His- well, one of, one of the children of when he was 70, yes. one of his children. So one of John Tyler's grandsons died in October of 2020. Yes. Not great-grandson. Nope. Grandson. Grandson. His kid's kid. This is a guy who became president in 1840. Yeah. He became president 20 years before the Civil War. Yes. And his grandson died in 2020. Yes.
1: Harrison Tyler was born in 1928 because Tyler's son, Lion Gardner Tyler, had him when he was 75. Yeah, My goodness. It, like, yikes. virile.
0: <laughs> <laughs> wow.
1: Oh my gosh, yes. You mentioned that he uh, called his home Sherwood Forest after Robin Hood because he considered himself a political outlaw. The main building of Sherwood Forest in Virginia is the Not longest... What? Was it called Nottingham? Not, a, not again. The main building is the longest frame house in the U.S. It's 300 feet long, approximately the length of a football field, but only one room deep, oddly enough. And it's still lived in. Sherwood Forest. You can go visit it. Who lives there? His descendants. Okay. Yeah. Not the descendants. No. <laughs> no. No. Tyler became the first president to have his veto overridden by the legislature when Congress overrode him on a minor shipbuilding bill on his very last day in office. As they should have. Nanny nanny poo poo, Congress declared as he retired to Virginia. Uh, The city Tyler, Texas, is named after John Tyler, the president
0: who helped get the state into the union. High school football powerhouse. Oh Tyler, yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know that for a fact, but Football's I would assume like they are church down there, basically. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> a lot of Friday Night Lights in Tyler, Texas. Oh man, was that uh, with uh, the guy from Dawson's Creek? What was James Fr- Vanderby. It J- was he no, in Friday Night Lights. That was Lights? Varsity City Blues. It was, there was two friday night lights uh there's the movie with billy bob thornton okay and then there was the tv show which is must watch in my house maybe that's what i was thinking my goodness uh, james vanderbeek was in neither why am i thinking of that because okay. he was in varsity blues
1: my wife's watching a show now that james vanderbeek is in
0: oh okay yeah. That's relevant. Riveting also.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Just like John Tyler's presidency. Oh, boy. Blaine, any other little known facts about John Tyler?
0: So his wife, Julia, was Mm -hmm. a big fan of pharmaceuticals. Oh. So basically anything, to to put it in today's terms, his wife definitely would have been a, quote, small business owner, (laughs) meaning she would have been hitting you up on Facebook about this uh, new Essential oils.
1: Hey, guys, just wanted to come on here really quick. You've got to see this Lash Boost. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> it just came in today. Just unboxed it. You get 20% off when you sign up for my mailing list.
0: But everything, like, she would read about these supposed cures to everything, and oh. she would force the family to take this, like, blue pill. Oh, gosh. And it t- it turns out that blue pill more than likely gave Tyler mercury poisoning, <laughs> which led to his death. Ah. Uh. Yeah. She was just like, take one of these, and he was like, Mook. "Oh, every day, yeah." She did her research, yeah, yeah, and she knew what was really going on. I'll send you an article. Yeah, you might want to be um, careful. So, so it's possible his wife killed him. Um, wow! <laughs> from her multi-level marketing uh, pharmaceuticals, <laughs> uh, she invented Amway, is what you're saying? Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, so, I mean, that's my favorite little fact. Oh, my gosh. You guys,
1: thank you for listening to the Presequential Podcast, wherever you are. Uh, If you love this episode, please subscribe, share it with a fellow history nerd, and leave a review. Also, be sure to follow us on all the socials at Presequential. That's P-R-E-S-I-Q-U-E-N-T-I-A-L. Also, you can get episodes early, ad-free, and you can get some bonus episodes of the podcast when you join our Patreon community. Go to Patreon, that's P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash Presequential. Our next episode on 11th President, James K. Polk, will be released on Wednesday, June 9th, 2021. Until then, thank you for listening to Episode 10, The Accident, on John Tyler on the Presequential Podcast. We'll see you next time.